Hello and welcome to episode 101 of the Latter-day Ladies podcast. I am your host and your friend Jenny Moss. This is where we come together to talk about life on the covenant path, the ups and the downs and everything in between. Today's episode, we are going to have a special guest, my husband, Aaron Moss, and we're going to be talking all things marriage. I hope you enjoy our conversation, digging into the things that have worked and the things that haven't with our marriage of 12 years. Aaron Daniel Moss, thank you so much for coming on the Latter-day Ladies podcast. You are our favorite reoccurring guest. And... (laughs) And we're so happy to have you here today. I know everybody who's listening is probably very excited. It's an Aaron episode. Um, today we are going to talk about marriage. I kept thinking of this phrase, leading with love. And this was uh, something that I learned from Aaron very early on in our relationship. He was very good at assuming the best in me. And uh, I did not have that same skill or talent. And so I remember um, like watching him navigate stressful situations between the two of us and times even where I outright was doing something that was not kind and he would always assume the best intentions from me and that it actually made me want to be better and show up better because I was like, well, Aaron's already assuming that I'm doing these things. So I might as well just do them. I had a a big problem with uh, road rage and like just getting super mad when people would cut me off or speed or get, you know, do it, whatever it is that they were doing that was bothering me. And so to try to stop that, I would play the, the what if game where I would try to think about what scenario would cause them to do those things and for me to be completely okay with it. So like if somebody cut, cuts me off and runs a red light, And then I would go, well, what if their wife is pregnant and they're on their way to the hospital right now? And I'd go, oh, well, if that's the case, then I wouldn't be mad at that. In fact, I would support it and and be on board. And so I started doing that to try to just kind of deal with my own anger or whatever. And then I started doing that in, in as many aspects of my life as I can. And it just makes me, uh, open to the idea that people would like to do the right thing in general. And so with marriage, it's, I, I love you and trust you. And so instead of assuming that you are somehow nefarious in your actions, (laughs) I can assume that you are choosing to do something good until otherwise you know, until I find out something else. And that's not to say that we always choose the right thing, but but there's no reason for me to bring an incorrect assumption to the conversation. I think it was hard for me to do that initially because of, because I experienced trauma. It was, I my brain automatically assumes that I'm in danger in whatever situation I'm in. So Aaron has been, has definitely led with love in so many situations because healing that has been a process. Learning that I can trust him, learning that he's a safe place has taken years and years of continual, um, like consistent action. 
And um, only, I feel like only in the last few years have I been able to even be able to identify the assumptions that my brain was making um, to try to protect me. And so I think like, if you're, if you're confused by what we're talking about, maybe um, look in your own life and see if something happens that's contrary to what you're wanting, see if your brain starts making up uh, a story around what's happening. And that's a good indicator of identifying if you're making assumptions in your own life. And it has been kind of life-changing for me to be able to identify those and slowly eliminate them. And it's brought a lot more peace to my relationships. So that's a that was a really good thing to bring up, Aaron. Sometimes we carry around baggage from the past where it's like, oh, well, whenever I say this thing, they always react with anger or they always do this or that. Uh, that's our that's our human, our, you know, our brain trying to protect us. Like you said, it's trying to save us from some past pain, but it doesn't leave any room for change or progression in your partner. Because if you say, hey, I want you to do these things differently, and then they try to do them differently. And then you have an argument or you have something and you go, well, you always do this. Well, then you end up not allowing them to make the changes that you that you both would want to have happen. But there's always room for the atonement of Jesus Christ. And that does take a lot of trust. And if it's hard to find that trust in your partner, um, I always say, like, bring in, bring in the third partner in the relationship, which is the Lord. We can always trust in Heavenly Father. And even if we are giving people the opportunity to change and they don't, we are still erring on the side of grace, which is always going to be in our benefit. And that goes back to choosing, like, the, you know, giving the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Assume that they're going to have changed or have made a different choice or have improved or come with a willing heart and mind. I feel like that leads into uh, not keeping score. Recently, when I started traveling for some work stuff, I felt really, really bad. And I was like, oh, Aaron, I'm taking advantage. There's too many. I'm being gone for too, too many days. And Aaron said, oh, we don't keep score. And I was like, no, no, no. I know we don't keep score. And he's like, no, we don't keep score because if we did, we would both lose to Jesus. And, and we were in the middle of the conversation and I just stopped and was like, hold on, I have to write that down. It was so good uh, because I think mentally it's easy for us to keep score. It, it, it makes sense for our brains because we're constantly trying to make sense of the world. So it's easy for us to keep score, um, whether we're doing it uh, intentionally or not. But I loved that element of Aaron bringing the Savior into that relationship because if we both were keeping score, we would both lose to the Savior because he is the one who is making up the difference in every situation. <laughs> A lot of times we think of keeping score as like, oh, well, they did something, so then I get to do something, or they spent this money, so I get to spend this money. But I think it can also be from the opposite side. I've noticed... Uh, in my interactions with other men, I could not tell you like who I've like 
bunch for or bought a soda at a gas station for. I couldn't tell you how much I've spent on other people, but I very much know anybody who's ever bought me lunch or anybody who's ever uh, picked up, you know, a, uh, something for me at the store. And so, and I'm essentially keeping score in reverse. I'm keeping score of what they've done for me and trying to make it right or trying, uh, it, uh, it weighs on me and I feel this guilt of like, well, I've got to catch up. It prevents me from letting them do whatever service or whatever uh, good thing that they were trying to do because I'm trying to cancel it out. Oh, you bought me lunch yesterday. So now I just have to keep inviting this guy to lunch until I can finally get to pay him back. And then, and then we're even. And that's kind of what you ended up struggling with when you started traveling. Cause at no point were you keeping score of all the times I've had to travel for work. Mm -hmm. But yet all of a sudden when you were traveling, you were like, Oh, well now I've got to somehow make it up. And that's not really how we need to operate. I love that. That's a, that was a really, really good point. So Aaron, um, do you remember when we found out about the five love languages? Was it from Brie and Addie? I think it was. I think we were driving through Yellowstone and they had the book and we were talking about it and then they let us borrow it. And then we figured out each other's love languages. It seems like you know the answer. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I think I did know the answer. Um, no, it was like once I said it, it all started. It's all coming back uh, to me now. Celine Dion moment. Thank you. Um, so, Aaron, I felt like that was a huge shift in our relationship. What was your perception on that? Not only did it help us understand each other, but it also gave us an opportunity to show our love. Uh, one of the things I learned about you is that you do not like, you're not a big gifts person, but you're a big service person. Mm -hmm. And so early on, I felt like, oh, well, you know, as a newly married person, I was like, oh, I need to be like bringing flowers home and, and sharing with jewelry or with whatever and and not only did I feel like I should be doing that more I also you know that that played into it but once I learned that oh you feel love through service well then whenever I felt this desire or need to show love to you I could do it in a way where you could receive it and you could actually like understand the amount of love that I was trying to give at the time so I really wanted to do something and I would wake up early and clean the house or I would go and uh, wash your car or something like that. And it was more proportionate to the amount of love that I was trying to show you, to the amount of love that you were receiving from that, as opposed to me working extra hours and buying you a gift and then giving that to you and then that not filling the same amount that I was trying to show because I didn't care about the extra hours and the gift. I just wanted you to be home so I could hang out with you because quality time is the other gift. All right. Yeah, I learned I learned that it was to encourage the gift of um, giving words of affirmation, which is something that I loved to do, but like sometimes felt a little uncomfortable doing. And so I really leaned into that. And now I feel like it's become kind of part of my personality to give people words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. It's become something that I really love to do, not just to you, but to <laughs> random strangers in right. the grocery store. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. 
but I feel like that's been a really, really powerful point of leading with love. And if uh, you're not feeling or receiving from your partner the way that you would like to, I highly recommend checking out that book or even just taking the quiz online and figuring out the ways that you give and receive love and what they give and receive. Like there's that one, but there's so many other that are like relationship guides or different um, ways to understand your partner. And that's really all it boils down to. It doesn't matter if it's the color codes or the Myers-Briggs tests or whatever. It's I need to understand how you think and feel. And there's no way that I'm going to be able to get there just by guessing from my own experience. I've got to be able to understand how you perceive the world. And these tests help that, but really they just open up the door for conversation. I love that, Erin. And it's cool too, because I feel like it gives you a point of conversation. Communication was the next section we were going to talk about. And a lot of what Erin and I in the beginning communicated about was how to love each other why we felt the way that we felt, how we came to a certain conclusion. Um, Aaron's like line of thought process was the most baffling thing to me. It made absolutely no sense. <laughs> like, because <laughs> I am so feelings oriented and he is so logic oriented that we came at a problem from two completely different sides. And I feel like understanding and learning the way that he comes at problems or different situations has actually helped me round me out and help me understand a lot more about the logic side and vice versa. Have you learned about feelings there? Oh, have I? <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like one thing that we've had to learn together is uh, talking about our expectations. We, I feel like we've had some silly disagreements just because we didn't understand what the other person expected from going on a date or having a Saturday with the kids or whatever it is. Um, we talk about things all the time. We talk about how we're going to spend our money and going to the grocery store and how we want a weekend to go. And if we want to have friends over for dinner, talking through those things and asking what the other person thinks it'll look like uh, has been a great way of getting on the same page and feeling unified as a couple. I think of it as eliminating variables and I don't like assumptions. I don't like, uh, oh, that's, that's probably what she meant. Like, I can't do that. I have to get down to the bottom. Like specifically when you said you needed help with this, what did you want me to do? <laughs> In doing that, we've one, we've eliminated a lot of uh, miscommunication problems, but also we've learned each other more and so i feel like we have to ask less questions now not because of assumptions but because of a greater trust and understanding of each other mm -hmm. it's been really nice to understand and learn how uh, you understand information because i feel like it's helped me have a greater connection with people who don't think the same as me because it's helped me ask questions and get curious. And um, I feel like it's kind of opened up my world because mm -hmm. so many of the people that I associated with before knowing you were all the same kind of people as me. 
they were all the theater music people who were all about the feelings. And, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to have a completely opposite side explaining to you how they come at a situation. It just rounds out your lens. When either of us are down, when I'm having a depression day, when Aaron's starting to question all the things in his life, um, we have started this tradition of declaring truth to each other. So uh, if I'm really depressed, Aaron will say things that I've been promised in blessings, or he will um, remind me of uh, things that are my patriarchal blessing. And when Aaron is down, I try to do the same thing so that we can root ourselves back into truth and not um, spiral into hopelessness and feeling despair. Yeah, it's, a, it's another example of testifying or bearing witness truth. If I know that my wife is the daughter of God, and I know that she was called at this time to be a mother to our specific child that's having some sort of issue, and that's not any different than testifying of the greater, broader truths of the gospel. They're equally as truthful. And in this case, they tend to be, the specific truths tend to be more powerful as tethers back to the gospel than just testifying that Joseph Smith was a prophet or just something like that. I can testify that I know that you were called of God to live in this house and to be here with these children or to serve in the calling that you're in or whatever it is that you're needing testify about. If you are looking to do that, I highly recommend reading your patriarchal blessing with your spouse, finding specific elements that the Lord uses to call you. Like what are some titles that he uses to call you? What are some, um, some verbs that he uses to um, say things that you do and your gifts? Yeah. And remembering and reminding each other of these things when you're feeling that difficulty. And I promise you, it'll, it'll bring you that light and joy that you need in that moment. James E. Faust said this, quote, We build our marriages with endless friendship, confidence, integrity, and by administering and sustaining each other in our difficulties, end quote. I loved this quote because I feel like the term build is such a poignant term. We do build our marriage. Building our marriage has helped us in our friendship. Honestly, I feel like friendship is the basis of all all marriages because if you're the friend uh, to the other person, even when you're super mad at them, you still kind of want to hang out with them, you know? So building that friendship. And then it says by administering and sustaining each other. And I thought about like when we sustain people in church, that means that we show support to them in that calling. We uh, agree that they should be in that spot and space. And so sustaining each other in our difficulties. So supporting each other in that way. And, and that's sustaining confidence and trust. And all of that makes me think they don't require to be there with the person, right? I, I sustain my bishop and I trust my bishop, but I'm not never meeting with him. And I'm not sitting there going like, oh, okay, he's fine as long as I'm sitting there watching him. And then he makes the right decision and I agree with it then. And now I'm going to sustain him. It's trusting that the Lord has a specific plan that this is a part of that plan and that regardless of 
what's happening or where I am or what I can see and what I can't see. I can choose to live a trusting life and a sustaining life. So Aaron was pointing out earlier that the only time you make covenants with anyone but the Lord is in the sealing ordinance of two individuals. I think that's very powerful that the only covenant that is made from human to human is in the sealing ordinance. Yeah. I feel like there's so much that you could study and, and think about that topic, but um, I just see that as uh, a power that we don't talk about as much. I mean, we often talk about the eternal aspects of, of a ceiling uh, living together and having your family with eternity and, and exaltation and, and all these wonderful and uh, amazing things that are uh, tied to a ceiling. But uh, I started to come down this I yeah, this thought of, okay, well, what is it doing right now? What is it doing for me today? And what's the difference? If someone said, oh, well, you can get sealed next year and there would be no problem, why would I choose to do it now? And I think it's uh, something that you had said when we were discussing it was like the, the power that comes from the unity in direction and purpose and this idea that whenever we team up with somebody to achieve a goal the bond between those two people becomes stronger i mean anybody who's been on a on a sports team or in a a group project or or something where it's like hey we have to rely on each other to accomplish our goals that just breeds trust and understanding and even some patience and love. Uh, And I think that's part of that covenant is yes, we're covenanting for all these eternal things, but it's also, Hey, we're doing this right now. And I don't have any other partners in the world in this. It's only you and me and we've got to do it together. And that to me brings so much peace and so much understanding with, hey, there's no, uh, this is not an interchangeable position. This is a permanent position. And so there is no, um, uh, well, when when I get assigned a new partner, this will work out. It's, we got to work these things out. We've got to learn each other. And that's how we're going to be successful in achieving our, our group, our mutual goal. Yeah, I love that. When we have the same trajectory, regardless of what points we're starting at, we are going to be moving closer to each other as we move towards our end goal, which is eternal life with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ and receiving exaltation together. I have felt um, so much power come into my ability to trust that has been something I've just struggled with my whole life and I felt power come into my ability to trust Aaron as I have prayed and uh and tried to keep my covenants that I've made in the temple and the covenants that I've made with Aaron in the temple so if you are looking for a specific Um, ability right now in your marriage, whether it's patience, whether it's 
understanding, whether it's more love or charity, the ability to see things as they see them. Um, I highly recommend reading over the covenants that you have made in the temple and seeking to live those more fully and asking the Lord to show you the promised blessings that he has given us from keeping those covenants. And I can guarantee you that you will be able to see those things highlighted in your life and affecting your relationship with your spouse. Aaron and I are the first people to tell you that we are a very imperfect group of two humans, but I have felt, (laughs) but I have felt so much love and connection and unity and um, closeness uh, continue to grow in our relationship as we've gone through different difficult things together, because uh, both of us seek to have the willingness to become better partners and to become more like Jesus Christ. So um, if you are looking for those things in your life, seek for the willingness and you will see that you are becoming a better partner and becoming more like your savior. The hope of Jesus Christ is real. And if you are looking for a greater um, amount of love and understanding in your marriage, I promise you that that is a righteous desire and that the Lord is ready and willing and wanting to partner with you in this goal. Thank you for joining with us today on this episode of the Latter-day Ladies podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, find us on Instagram at the Latter-day Ladies or on our website, thelatterdayladies.com. 